is Shazam the best DC movie since the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight series? And why do we always seem so fascinated by pictures from out of space? And then lastly, big changes on the front coming from Sony this year and beyond. This is bombastic. Jay. What's up, Jay. guys? This is Imani Wilson, and welcome to another edition of the Bombastic Podcast. Uh, if you would absolutely love to take this moment to go ahead and click that bell and subscribe to get notifications of the weekly podcast segments as they come, that'd be absolutely great. And also take this minute to go ahead and subscribe to the audio version of this podcast anywhere in which you tune into all your audio podcast listening. So thank you guys once again for yet another week. Um, I'm feeling pretty good uh the last episode we did sort of took me back to memory lane and shout out to the threat you know my boys 80 and wax you know just being able to sit there and speak about all things life and giving back to the community you know it was just a beautiful outing man you know i'm I'm glad i got such a warm reception from folks because again that meant a lot to me to be able to just sit there and uh talk to some old friends about old times but speaking of um old times, whatever the case may be as well. I gotta, I gotta just mention more than anything. I feel like I always say amazing. And I hope anybody listening to this and viewing this, you feel amazing as well. For me, it's been the change in me getting rest, but I know you guys aren't here necessarily just here about my sleeping regiments, but I always have to take that one minute. I always forget to take that one minute for self-care because it's important no matter who you are, what you're doing to just be able to always check in with yourself and maybe check in on others and make sure folks are taking care of themselves among all those other things that we do. And one of the things that I also realize I have to do now because I realize now that this is the last Thursday edition of this podcast in which I'll no longer be 28. You know, birthday's coming next week. That's pretty much what that's foreshadowing. And for me, I noticed I had to switch the style up. I had to go ahead and I had to go ahead and switch the style up on all of them, on all of them. Even those listening and viewing this podcast had to switch my style up on you from this podcast, even down to my persona. And the main reason being is because I noticed just looking at my wardrobe because I'm sort of like shifting clothes now where I'm like, hey, we're getting 60 some more degrees more and more these days. These thermals and, you know, these these thermals and uh, flannel shirts kind of need to go ahead and go take a backseat a little bit, switch the T-shirts. All my motherfucking T-shirts are like Simpsons, video games, comic books. And while that's not bad. I'm like, I don't want to wake up and realize I'm some like weird man child. I mean, granted, you know, I like to consider my style geek chic, but you know, still it's like, you want to go ahead and diversify just a little bit more. And that's why I think some of the collection, I have to throw it on my Poshmark, which I don't know, maybe I'll go ahead and bless those who might be interested in my old wares with, uh, with a link to my Poshmark and my Depop where a bunch of my old stuff, I just let it go let it go for something real real nice but you know one thing that's not nice though um and i recognize this now and this like grinds my goddamn gear so i'm coming out of the gate the first five minutes fucking aggressive um what's up with everybody in this in this certain fucking pose you know this fucking pose where it's like everyone's taking like on instagram and social media but mostly on fucking instagram that pose like they just got out of jail like like i'm like here's here's the thing it's cool when something 
is like a niche and you've made it cool but when you can find like a million fucking pictures just like that of that same fucking pose it's not cool it's no longer fucking cool and i don't know i was just always brought up with the idea of be an individual be yourself and i'm not saying you can't do things like a classic thumbs up you know your shakas because you're hanging loose or peace anything like that but this fucking like cool superhero squat or as i like to call it that i just got out the pen sort of like gangster like sort of shit like what what is what is that i don't i don't get it. It, it it's it's like a phenomenon that i notice a lot of like hype beastie super ultra fashion types that do it i mean fucking millennials you know, I get thrown in there as being a millennial. I'll still call call my generation on that bullshit. It's some millennial bullshit. And even for some of you folks who aren't quite millennials, because you're like Gen Xers who are trying to hang on to that little bit of fame and shit, or that little bit of fucking steam of still being hip. Come on, guys. Cut it the fuck out. It's almost like the girls that I see who are on their fucking phones. And this is you. I need you to stop doing this. And I hate to say it, but I might just have to unfollow you from my like feeds and even on IG, you know, the ones who go out and they're and on the stories is I always check my friends and other people I follow their stories. So I noticed one particular one particular person is cool as fuck. But I swear to you, every time she's at like a club, the club will be dark as fuck. You see people dancing, enjoying themselves. She's just got the bright fucking light from her fucking phone. And she's like looking, checking the hair. I'm like, listen, listen, it's obvious you're out and enjoying yourself, but be out and fucking enjoy yourself. There's no reason why you should have to take that that moment while you're out in the club and go ahead and fucking let whoever sees it on Instagram know that you're at that club. Now, if you're a party promoter, cool. Then I understand. Then it makes sense. You want to show people, hey, it's live. Come here. Tell them I sent you. You get your referral code. That's how some people get paid. But if you're not a fucking party promoter or you're not someone who's a part of like maybe like one of the dancers at a party. So you're trying to get people hyped because I know a girl that, that where that's what she does as well you know, then don't, don't be that fucking person out because then I noticed as well. And I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not just attacking girls on social media because by all means, ladies do whatever the fuck you want point blank period. But I, I'm, I just noticed that I just noticed this guy, this fits your demo. So we talking about you right now because it fits your demo more than us guys. I mean, I'm sure some dudes do the shit too. And dudes cut that shit out, bro. Like cut it out. It's a bad look. But, um, even worse is when say you have people that are out and they're out and then they're out at dinner and then they're like hanging out with their friends and they're like letting it be known like, Hey, we're here at this fancy fucking restaurant. And you see like this much of some guy's shoulder just show the dude. Is he paying? Cause if he's paying you de- show him. Okay. Show him. If that's somebody's fucking father, show him. That's somebody's brother. Get that man burned. Because, like, I've noticed, and it's funny as fuck, because this is covering so many fucking people I know now. It's like whenever someone posts on, on social media a picture of the opposite sex, they immediately have to label that person. I'm going to just start taking pictures with people and not giving you clarification on who the fuck that is. Because it's like, I find it funny when a girl take a picture with some, like, random guy and or, like, some random dude in a photo and then have to go, oh, I love my brother so much. And I'm just like, dude, you could have just said, you know, enjoying the city, enjoying the city with a loved one. That would have been fine. Or you didn't even have to say anything at all. 
Or then, you know, or, or then it'll be something like a dude hanging out with, you know, with some chicken and, you know, they're all close and stuff. And it's like, it's like, oh, it's like, you know, just kicking it with the bestie. I'm like, you, you don't have to. Here's my thing. If you're comfortable enough with whatever standing that maybe you and your folks on social media may have, I feel like you don't have to clarify people's positions in your photos. Like, like you just don't like you can just feel comfortable posting that shit just like you should feel comfortable again if you guys are all at the table get that dude who's sitting there with the plate also at the table get him in the shot as well because it's weird how you just go like hey oh hey i'm like what are we doing don't don't be ashamed of the dude you're not ashamed of your girls and you guys all ordered the duck get this dude look he got a porterhouse get him on the fucking clip bro get him on the clip sis come on man so I, I, it's just the weirdest fucking things that I see and I see it enough to be able to be like, all right, what the fuck is up with that? So I just had to mention that shit. You motherfuckers on Instagram and social media that do that, you do it on Snapchat, whatever the case it may be, just think about it, you know, because your shit's obvious. It's obvious and it doesn't look good. Just doesn't. So I just thought that was fucking, thought that was funny. Like I said, you know, I, I open this up briefly about me, but I know I need to go ahead and always try to transition it very smooth into the topics in which we're speaking about, because today we're going straight into sports. Speaking of sports, let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's talk about it. And I'm not even going to give it too much energy because I'm not one to sit here and, and like, you know, hand out the tea or gossip and all that kind of shit. But I have to call it for what it is. Um, Antonio Brown, former Pittsburgh Steeler, has, you know, has been and continues to talk shit about his former teammate, Juju Smith-Schuster. And, um, you know, he's just made remarks basically saying that um, when it came to the postseason last year, Juju had a bunch of turnovers, meaning like he lost the ball and like clutch moments. And that is what pretty much cost the Pittsburgh Steelers their run. Now, why it makes it fucked up is that um, A.B. demanded a, a trade and they said that a lot of the reasons why was because of inner locker turmoil among players. At first, they said A.B., who's a wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers in football, um, he had an issue with the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. There was also some instances where they claimed that the head coach, Mike Tomlin and AB were kind of at odds because AB is a very outspoken guy. And then now you come to see where now he's talking shit about Juju Smith Schuster, who's a guy who's maybe what, in his like second or third year. And he's like, Oh, he's like, well, the problem is, you know, we're, we're, we're so busy trying to make guys famous instead of them actually being good. And Juju handled it pretty classy, you know, and was just like, well, you know, that's a little disappointing that he's even doing that. And I think it is disappointing you doing that. Someone like A.B., who's been a veteran, you know, in the in the league so far, like a, a top wide receiver year in and year out, you would think that you would handle things with a little bit more poise. And if you had anything disgruntled to say about anybody, that's something you keep you keep like in-house. Plus, I feel no matter what, no matter what facet we're talking about, another man's success should never, you know, should should never like threaten you, especially if you're comfortable in your own space. So, you know, that, that was kind of it's kind of fucked up. Little little aggressive, just a little aggressive of you, because then he went as much to them. A.B. went as much to them in response to Juju responding, posted on Instagram. It may still be up there now. Might have deleted it. 
where when Juju, who's from USC, he was a USC Trojan wide receiver in college football, he DM'd um he DM'd Antonio Brown and was like, Hey, um, you, you got any tips for me as far as what I might be able to do to take my game to the next level? And then they be putting the caption mic drop. I'm like, bro, he's paying homage to you, bro. Why are you taking something like that and twisting it, trying to make it a weakness? If anything, you should see it as an air of respect. And for that, you should probably be less of a bitch-ass dude right now because you kind of being a hoe-ass dude right now. It went from being really aggressive to just being to just hoassery. And, you, you know, it's not respected. And honestly, if AB keeps this up, this stop in Oakland, which, I mean, quite frankly, I don't know if that's really going to do much considering that the AFC West, which is the division he went in, you got to deal with the Chiefs and an MVP and Patrick Mahomes and their crew. Then you got to also fucking deal with the Chargers, who have a pretty decent defense. And then you got to deal, well, I mean, the Broncos are a little wayward, but still, pretty much it's like, look, dude, you're you're kind of at a weird stopgap, both in your career and and right now, you know, just the overall perception of you is real bad. So you're doing real bad, AB. You got to tighten the fuck up. But um, as far as for folks actually not doing real bad, as far as folks doing real good, you got to mention now switching over to the NBA where, oh, shit, just gets more and more fucking interesting. Because like I said, it's it's just drama right now. It's all fucking drama filled. You have Dirk Nowitzki, who is literally who's literally retired now from the NBA. He's with the same team, the Dallas Mavericks. Been with them for about 21 seasons as of now. I think they said it's the longest tenure of any single player with a you know any player with a single franchise ever. 21 years, won a championship, four time, 14 time NBA All Star. Dirk is, I would say, arguably Dirk is probably the most successful and accomplished European. National Basketball Association player, the most, the most established. Probably you have to say Dirk sets that that standard more than anything. I mean, I'm not, obviously not a fucking fan because I'm a fucking Nick fan, but I'm saying you got to give it up for Dirk. He was all emotional when he bowed out. Then as well is this whole sort of bowing out for Dwayne Wade of the Miami Heat, which some people are saying arguably one of the you know top shooting guards of all time, whatever the case may be, won three championships. Um, you know, one, one solo, you know, two with LeBron. So, you know, you, you know, you, you kind of, you kind of just look at Dwayne Wade's career and he's been celebrated widely, but the only place he hasn't been celebrated widely was with Paul Pierce. And now this is where shit gets real fucking good. Again, whole assery. What, I don't know what crept in the mind of Paul Pierce, former NBA basketball player, most renowned for playing with the Boston Celtics. He won a championship, also revered as, you know, a, one of the better players this particular generation, then compared himself with Dwayne Wade and said he had the better career. Now, my only problem with doing that is, again, n- one man's success shouldn't sort of set a benchmark for your success, especially when you guys didn't come out during the same draft year. You guys were never on the same team. I mean, granted, they was in the same. They were in the same conference. I think it honestly just boils over to that that rivalry that's in basketball with some of the teams from the East. So you got Miami against Boston, just like Boston and New York and LA versus Boston. So you kind of get that rivalry factor there. So I think that's what really embroils a lot of this. But that's not why this shit is so fucking funny. 
it's fucking funny because literally around the NBA, fans have been responsive because, I mean, a lot of people have celebrated doing with it. Like, hey, dude, you're one of the more decorated guys. You're humble. You know, you you did your thing, and now you're bowing out, so we're celebrating you as a player, as a man, on and off the court. Like, hey, be celebrated. But they're now going around fucking chanting Paul Pierce sucks at, like, a bunch of fucking games or, like, among the last games for Dwayne Wade there. And they're broadcasting it. Like, you can hear the shit. Bleacher Report, you know, NBA TNT are, like, featuring the shit. So I'm like, Paul Pierce, I'm glad you're feeling that shit. Because you just, like, that was just such a fucking ho-ass move to pull. Like, it would be seen as aggressive. It's not aggressive. It's ho-assery. Because, again, I'm not going to go ahead and compare anything about myself to another man and have to feel like I have to prove that if you're comfortable enough. If you're comfortable enough in your own skin, you don't have to prove, you don't have to prove anything. You feel like you're a legend. You had this great career. Cool. Let other people say that for you and set that benchmark, but you shouldn't have to feel like basically a normal. It's almost like they say you're not King. If you have to say you're King period. So come on, come on, Paul Pierce. But all the Paul Pierce suck shit is fucking hilarious. Like I said, motherfuckers are aggressive as fuck in sports right about now. Shit is aggressive, man. Shit is aggressive. Um, NBA's going into playoffs. You know, the NHL's going to Stanley Cup playoffs. MLB is warming up. The NFL draft is coming soon. You know, as far as um, cha- I think, I forget what Champions League it's going on now with with um, soccer or football outside of, you know, the U.S. I mean, I don't follow it, so I ain't going to cover it. As you know, of course, like all things, covering many different pastimes is absolutely my love for all things media. Speaking of the media, um, I'd probably say the biggest thing since this um, particular episode came out was the photo of the Event Horizon where NASA were able to go ahead and use a few telescopes and a bunch of imagery, science, and technology that I have no idea about because I'm not an astrophysicist to pretty much capture the first image of a black hole. Now, if you look at it, it almost resembles what looks like a eclipse just happening somewhere in space but it is literally capturing like literally like radio wave frequency because the black hole there's just an absolute absence of light so you're getting like you're getting radio waves infrared infra infra wave wavelengths just like i said science that's beyond your your lay terms of most common folks and producing an image to say hey you know, you know those random portals in space where they say like nothing could ever exist. Here you go. Now, to give you some numbers that'll fuck your head up, they said this particular black hole that they captured had a mass of 6.5 billion times the sun. So that's why whenever I think of things like this or see things like that, I'm like, fuck. We are literally a speck of dust in in a fucking sandbox. So it it just it, it of the universe. A speck of a grain of sand in the sandbox of the fucking universe. That's exactly how Earth, the Milky Way, all of that shit plays out. 6.5 billion times denser than the fucking sun. Meaning, and I remember speaking to a uh, friend about this shit earlier. Shout out to Bella. Um, I remember we we were um, joking about the idea of the whole event horizon with the black hole. And I'm like, there's a, a scientific terminology for it known as spaghettification. To where if you were ever captured in a black hole, like if it were ever possible to happen, like let's say whatever the advances of space, you know, put it to where folks were able to travel and possibly unfortunately capture in a black hole, 
there's a term known as spaghettification is what astrophysicists, astrophysicists claim would happen to any form of mass that's captured in it. So in essence, your body would turn to fucking string. Your atoms would be compressed so densely. You would pr- like it would just take me and then just turn me into a line. Like that's pretty much how that shit would be. And, and I remember just looking up on Google and fuckers are like, is that painful? I'm like, uh, dickhead, you're turned literally into a fucking string. You are compressed so much by the fucking pressure and density of this fucking thing that you basically go, Zoop! yeah, I think that fucking hurts. But I think the image, the image was like cool. I was, I wasn't expecting anything too fascinating. I expected to be an artist rendering. And, you know, for the most part, I think it's pretty dope. I think as, you know, technology continues to, you know, you know, evolutionize at a, like a rapid pace. Because again, I'm looking at this as a, as a child of the nineties where things, like I said, I'm that, I'm that person that's like in between eras. I'm from that era that was analog going to digital. And now it's like digital going to something else, which seems to be going towards the idea of like nanotechnology and other technology. That's even once again, beyond your average person comprehension. But yeah, everyone was, was speaking about the black hole event. And like I said, it's dope. It's super dope. And so you can just chalk it as another one of those super, super cool things. And speaking of super cool shit, it's totally not as needed to be such a bright mind. Talk about fucking Shazam. All right. So I saw the movie Shazam and I think I can arguably say is one of the most enjoyable superhero movies I've seen in a long time. And I'm so glad because they did such a fucking great job at it. They did such a great job at it. And mind you, this is from someone who's not like a big, huge Shazam fan or Captain Marvel based on who you're asking. And let me clarify that now, because I, I had to I had to mention this to a friend, you know, a friend, a uh, friend of my cousin where he was just like, no, 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 he's not Captain Marvel. No, he's, he's Shazam. He was like, Captain Marvel is the Marvel character. Again, there's two Captain Marvels. It's Captain Marvel on the Marvel side and it was Captain Marvel on the DC side. Now, if you remember, DC and Marvel were have been beefing and have been known to rip certain characters from one another. Plastic Man, Mr. Fantastic, Dark Side, Thanos. Some people say Batman vis-a-vis is like Iron Man. You know, so there's so many different variants that you can take away from. But when it when it comes to Shazam, it just felt like being a kid and what and like it literally like puts you in the driver's seat of like what felt like being a kid and just imagining what it would be like if you had superpowers as a kid and i and i love that about it because in a sense billy batson wasn't just immediately perfect and i love that is wasn't like he just grasped his powers and just knew exactly what to do and how to do it so i felt as though again you had that outing of like okay I'm a kid, I'm understanding my situation, you know, for him, you know, he's, you know, he's a a, a child of the foster, of like, you know, foster care, and, you know, he's just had a lot of, like, rough outings in his life, but he's still, to the core, a good kid, which is why he was chosen by the wizard to become, you know, the champion of that particular realm, and thus become Shazam. And, of course, there are a couple of twists that are in there that I can't make mention of because even though the movie's been out for damn near about a week, I'm not going to be the dick of this world to you. Just know there's a big fucking twist that makes you go, holy shit. And, again, for those who are are well-read on the comics, they're like, oh, please, dude, come on. Come on, bro. I knew I, I saw that shit as soon as it was coming together. 
for me, I kind of had an idea, but once I saw it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. It makes sense. So I want to say it was like beautifully done. It was funny. The action was dope. The effects were dope. It's something you could absolutely take the family out to go see. So I loved it. Like I said, I had to save the two movies that just recently came out, and I'm not being a bro or a guy for this shit, but I liked Shazam more as a superhero movie where I felt Captain Marvel was a cool sci-fi film. I put it this way, if Captain Marvel wasn't from the Marvel brand, I would still feel the same way about it. Like, all right, that was a cool sci-fi film, but Shazam felt like a beautiful superhero movie. Like I said, I think many would probably argue maybe DC's best outing since i want to say the dark knight the dark knight christopher nolan series i know some people like oh but what about wonder woman yes granted you can absolutely give it to wonder woman as well but i'm saying in terms of the structure as far as like the impact wonder woman you kind of knew going in that 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 you know it was gonna be it was gonna be it was it was basically too big to fail basically it was one of those things just like christopher nolan's batman series you knew it was too big to fail with all the people attached to Christopher Nolan, like you said, uh, all the many, like all the, all the like colorful cast members they had in those trilogies. So it was big, it was too big to fail. Shazam, this could have easily been a fucking disaster for DC, but it wasn't. And it turned out to be a good film. So I liked it a lot. My only, my only gripe with it probably ran on a little bit too long, two hours for a movie like that. I don't need to see a kid try to struggle with being, you know, a superhero for two hours. So DC, you got to get in that hour, hour and a half, hour and 40 time. Because at some point I was like, damn, this is still fucking going. And the minute you have to say that about a movie, probably need to trim it a little bit, just a little bit. But, you know, I look forward to the sequels that are definitely coming ahead. Um, As far as other items that I definitely wanted to touch on, because I thought this was interesting too. So WrestleMania, like I mentioned on the last podcast, was out this particular um, weekend, and they also had the Hall of Fame ceremony. Now, I'm just going to cut and just get straight to it. I don't think dude actually, I don't think some random dude actually went out there and tackled Bret the Hitman Hart. I just think that's bullshit. Think about it this way. If you've ever been to one of those like wrestling matches, you know the following. You are going out to an event you know is pretty much well in stage you know you're dealing with fanatics who go crazy for something that is literally theater just live physical theater and these folks may be drunk they may be high you'll get folks from all sort of classes i guess at ethnicities backgrounds crossing all barriers my only thing is not in the almost 20 some more years that I've followed wrestling has any motherfucker ever hopped that barricade. I'm talking this motherfucker and I'm thinking from the angle that he came off of, he would have had to have backed up, hit a running jump and basically telegraph what he was going to do to then have done that slide into the ring and then manage to tackle him. Plus my biggest thing is this. What would make you do that any fucking way? I, I I can't recall the last time that's fucking happened in in any fucking WCW, WWFE, whatever the fuck. Like I, I haven't seen a fan do it. And if you look at it, it was some random linky dude with those fake roster dreads. No, no, no. I think it was a fucking publicity stunt. 
I'm just going to call it for what it is. I think it was a publicity stunt because I knew, because I know when it came to WrestleMania, one of the big things was that they had the all female um, wrestling, um, the all female wrestling event, which some folks were saying a mm, little dicey because they're not doing a WWE diva series where it's like you're getting scantily clad female wrestlers. No, it was just going to be ma- mainly highlighted by women. So I'm thinking maybe it was a fucking ploy to say, well, Hey, we don't know what the reception is going to be so much for this, um, for this all female event. It could work in our favor for diversity. It could hurt us. So let's just go ahead and just go ahead and run some random stunt with Brett, the Hitman heart, where we go ahead and put some guy in there. Like he's really fucking with the Hitman, and, and yeah, make a big fiasco. Cause for me, it, it just didn't make any sense. I'm like, I can't picture from the fan perspective why one would do that. It would be totally different if he went up to him and was like, I love you, but he came up to dude and basically like he was trying to spear him and not even like really hurt the man because, you know, Brett's an older dude. You know, he also got thick boy problems. Brett's a big boy, fucking mayor now. So it's like, you know, he chilling. So, you know, it's not his, his, not his heart foundation days, which fuck, man, them fucking shades, bro. Don't let me find the motherfucking shades. I don't even like pink like that, but don't let me fucking find those shades. So either way, I think that shit was a stunt. So I don't know. I don't really want to give that shit too, too much fucking energy. But um, yeah, that's why I'm thinking now. As far as energy goes, I think I'm officially going to roll out the aggressor of the week. Officially is going to be a segment in which I highlight and based off of me, also based off of fan reception, because you guys have been great with either leaving comments or sliding my DMs or folks on Facebook hitting me up, which again, all of my information is there and at the beginning of the video, at the end of the video, and then some. But um, I definitely want to pull to, to really highlight the true aggressor of the week and just give them their little moment to shine. This particular week, as far as aggressors are concerned, I got to say the aggressor aggressor of the week for week zero of the aggressor of the week has to be the NBA fans. You motherfuckers <clears throat> not only let Dwayne Wade know how much you appreciated his time and career as a player, but you also let him go out without even him having to utter a word, shut another man down for truly, truly trying to be a hoe ass. So... NBA fans, y'all are, the, y'all are the motherfucking aggressors of this week. Y'all are so fucking aggressive. Constantly, every other game, chanting Paul Pierce sucks. That's some, that's some real aggressive shit. And I'm talking even down to Dwayne Wade's last game was against the Brooklyn Nets, where Paul Pierce was a Brooklyn Net. So your old fan base is saying you fucking suck. So yeah, so motherfucking aggressive. Well done. So... I then now have to go ahead and you know, easily aggressively slide on to my favorite pastime, my favorite hobby, and thing that absolutely consumes me a moment. Gaming. Now, as far as for gaming this particular week, there's a couple of items in which I felt like needed addressing, or at least just to go ahead and touch on. Uh, one of them being, and of course, you know, it's one of my favorites, Overwatch. Some people would say, like, dude, what the fuck? You you cover Overwatch literally like every other segment that you can. I love the fucking game. So many other people love the fucking game. Blizzard has made a beautiful fucking FPS. And with it, it is now their um, classifieds events in which now you've got Overwatch Storm Rising. Now, Storm Rising, like classified, like archives and those other ones sort of touch into the lore and the backstory of Overwatch a little bit. 
And for this, this takes six years. This takes place six years from current day into the particular game. Features the team Overwatch or a group of like ragtag heroes and and mercenaries who were pretty much like the 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 X Men or the A team for the world against this like omnic crisis against like these terror organizations and these um renegade robots so for this particular event it's covering the the uh storm rising in which it's covering one of the main characters now uh tracer as she leads the team to go against the accountant for the enemy organization talent the um the account known as maximilian now maximilian himself he's an omnic he kind of has this sort of look of one of the characters in yada except that he wears like these black pinstripe suits has red eyes he's just a slick looking motherfucker that's helping the bank roll and as a part of the board of this evil organization now what makes it interesting <clears throat> is that the map that it's taking place in is supposed to be havana now, why I say that's interesting is because in this game, literally there's only one other map that's featured that doesn't have a character linked to that map, and that's Ilios in Greece. So I find Havana to be interesting because that's almost foreshadowing for a Cuban-based character to come into Overwatch. And it wouldn't shock me because, again, Overwatch is really big on diversity and different things like it. Like, for example, um, the latest map that came out, the Paris map. Paris, most people would say, oh, what well, I was just maybe for widows, an overdue widow map. And granted, it is good for sniping based on its like space and corners and things like it. But then you also have Baptiste, the latest hero to come out, who's a former uh, member of that talent organization turned good guy. He himself is of Haitian descent, so obviously Haitian Creole has French roots, so you could easily see him in Paris because he speaks French as well. So... I feel like when you talk about Havana being a, a, a focal point, even though it may be for this event, it's most likely going to cover on and be available later down the line in whatever game mode they see, you know, feasible. But then again, what it also may be touching on is the idea that again, Cuban based character, who that character could be. My speculation might be this mysterious Sojourn character that they're speaking of, this female operative of Overwatch who's trying to speak to the one character, Soldier 76, about Tracer leading the team to infiltrate this um this criminal headquarters and take down Talon's um accountant in charge. So I think it's gonna be interesting. I mean, all it really boils down to is it's a PVE player versus enemy game mode. It comes out with a bunch of skins, some lore, some character interactions, some sprays. So it's a bunch of free goodies for folks who play Overwatch. And it's from April 14th to May 6th, if I'm not mistaken. So you got about three weeks to get all of the the different like cosmetic skins and all those other like pieces of lore and shit out the way before that shit is gone. And probably won't be available until about next year. So I think it's just interesting because on top of all those things, there have already been leaks. There's already been leaks showing that, um, well, this was leaked by Watch themselves, or Blizzard better yet. Um, Baptiste has a talent skin. And for him, that talent skin is kind of dope because it shows like a reddish, black, and white theme. His hair is a certain way, mask is a certain way, so it's kind of dope. Then they show... At least there was at least an image from a leak, apparently, of Junkrat having a fucking skin that makes him look like a clown. So I'm like, Junkrat's getting another skin. I'm curious who else might be getting a skin. So you got Baptiste, you got Junkrat out the way. I'm thinking based off of 
<clears throat> past experiences who probably could be due for a skin. I would probably say when you take everything into account, it'd be nice if Arissa found herself getting another skin. I doubt it because she doesn't really take place in this event and she already got one previously. But I want to say this could easily open up to maybe Zarya somewhere dur during the crisis, maybe the Omni Crisis, some form of maybe her own storyline. Um, another one could possibly be, you know, because I'm just trying to think of random characters because I feel they've covered most of the flagship, so they have to start to diversify for the other folks there like maybe lucio someone along those lines or maybe just maybe certain popular characters already doubled down maybe we'll get another soldier skin maybe we'll get another Ryan skin i mean either way i think it is just going to be a very interesting event until then they go to anniversary next year i mean excuse me next month in which case that'll be three years of overwatch and at this point i'm waiting for the sequel you gotta do something else at that point, some people say it's a Blizzard game, ain't no sequel coming. It's coming. Believe that. It's coming. And speaking of what's coming up as well, matter of fact, no, it is here, bitch. Officially, Sony has announced that you can now change your name on PSN. <clears throat> now, of course, this comes with caveats. One being that it's been reported that after you do the initial name change, which is for free, it comes at a cost for you to change your name each time at about like $4.99, something like that. So naturally, if you have a typo on your shit or you then like second guess and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I don't really like that. It's going to cost you to change it. And then some people are reporting early saying like, well, there could be issues with like the trophies being bugged and different things like it. So to sort of wait and let them test out some of the wrinkles. I agree because I personally want to change my PSN name. I feel like my PSN name is like super duper early 2000s, like blah, 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 with a bunch of numbers behind it. I'm like, nah, I got to diversify and switch it up a little bit. So me and like my online crew and folks like it, we you know, we've been already trying to scheme like, well, shit. I mean, the shit is finally here. That's dope. But uh, what the fuck am I going to change my name to? So. Best of luck to motherfuckers. We're going to have to figure it out. Because if not, it's going to cost you. Um, speaking of what's probably going to cost you as well, the uh, PS5 has been rumored at as far as some initial concepts leaking at a dev kit. Now, the reason why I say there's no sense in getting hyped, and I'll put an easy, super duper, quick and concise pin on this, is that it doesn't make sense to get hyped about something that's literally not going to come out until next year. A bunch of people think that PS5 is going to drop this year in 2019. I disagree. I think to drop it this year in 2019 would be very hasty. I think they're going to try to they're going to try to drop it literally alongside whenever Microsoft when, whenever Microsoft announces it. And I think most people are forecasting that another Xbox system would come out sometime next year. And already they're trying to use what's new Xbox One models, discless versions where it's no more physical hardware. It's all digital download. So I feel like the PS5 might have two versions such as that where one will be, you know, sort of like that, you know, pro version versus the regular line version. I feel like this particular iteration, they're going to jump out the gate with that early, except instead of pro, they're probably going to have discless versus then disc, the, the disc version. Because the thing is, you know, and this is something you have to understand. Not everybody everywhere in the world that are gamers and on the PSN network has that has accessibility to broadband internet. 
Like, one of my homies literally has to take him some time to download and update certain games based on where he is. So to just say, well, this game, because mind you, as the technology gets better, the file sizes are going to only increase, and the capacity of the system is only going to increase. So if you have a game like Grand Theft Auto V, where it was at 78 gigabytes, somebody whose internet speed may not be all that great because they're in an area that's at broadband, it's going to take them like a couple of fucking days to download that shit, and then don't have updates that are like 5 or 10 gigs each, because then you're not going to be able to get on the game for like a good day or two. So that's why I think... PS5 will be dropping in 2020. They have Sony already announced they're not going to be here for E3 this year. So Microsoft is licking their chops. They're probably going to talk about their system and speak about it coming out. Maybe I want to say summer 2020. So I'd say everybody with your consoles now, enjoy them because this is the last year that you're going to have of them still being the standard. I think next summer, and if not next summer, then definitely next holiday season, or when the new consoles are coming out and a PS five, it's not coming out this year. It's not coming out till 2021. All of that's bullshit. Everyone's like, Oh, but what about cyberpunk 2077? That's fine. If we've seen anything about the last gen of PS three to PS four, certain games were then just optimized for the next system. I had Grand Theft Auto five for PS for PS three. Then I got it for PS four. So I see the same thing going from the four to five and they've already mentioned backwards compatibility, which they would absolutely have to do. And I hear backwards compatibility is supposed to go from five and be and down, which would be fucking prolific of Sony. And who knows whatever else they may, may add. Who knows at this point? I'm not even going to speculate because I'm pretty sure no one really knows except for those who are in the know. And for those who are in the know, know that this this particular month for PlayStation Plus, a certain game is now free to play that I have now included some game, gameplay footage at the end of this episode. And that is Conan Exiles, which I'm going to go ahead and say I think personally is probably the best PlayStation Plus for PS4 release to have come out. Some people would argue some other titles, but I think this is good because... You're talking about an MMO RPG sort of styled adventure game where you've got to hunt, scavenge, explore these wild lands and terrains and cover these this crazy ass lore of this super ultra violent, like primitive, like fucking like Stone Age story. And it's just fucking dope. Like, as you're going to see in the clips, man. Me and my fucking chucklehead fucking clan, clan crew, like we're we're trying to like keep ourselves from being butt ass naked, from getting attacked by wild hyenas and crazy savages sitting around fires, playing this Conan Exiles game. So, this has been another edition of the Bombastic Podcast. Uh, once again, take this time to go ahead and click the bell to subscribe to get the updates and notifications of the twice weekly podcast as well as also to check out the audio version of this podcast on anywhere in which you listen to and tune into your podcast 